Prepare your heart to be moved by God through the preaching and teaching of His Word as delivered at Truth Gatherer's Dream Center Church. Do you know you go to Best Buy and there are no com- desktop computers that you can walk out with? You understand that we're still in a different time, although things are healing as far as COVID-19. I never went to Best Buy and cannot, cannot walk out with something, especially when you got a little piece of change in your pocket and can't even walk out with something. I said, what kind of day is this that I can't go in there? Amen. So we had to do some things just to get technology up and you don't know what we had to go through to do it. Amen. While the, another computer is being shipped here next week. All right. But uh, we thank God for the ways God has made. I'm just amazed. I, you have no computers here. A few laptops. Amen. But because people are not at work, and we're going to talk about that today, just ironically, just, and hopefully we're going to send these manufacturers back to work today. Amen. Amen. All the people who take it unemployment, and because the unemployment was so good, y'all know what's going on in our, our country? Y'all know what's going on? Amen. I could be talking to you, and that's okay. Amen. I mean, it's just, I mean, I guess it makes sense. I mean, if they're going to pay you that much to stay home. Amen. I mean, versus getting a few pieces in his eye. Well, I mean, I understand it. Amen. But we need you to get back to work in Jesus' name. I'm not fussing about it. I understand. All right, let's go. Uh, The book of Haggai, the second chapter. I want to preach a message with a very unique title. Um, It's the WWW. Let's get ready to rumble. It's the WWW. Let's get ready to rumble. It's my focus today under the theme, the upgrade. And we'll go through some scriptures together. Just give me a second to understand this focus and this topic. Um, WWW, many remember it means the Worldwide Wrestling Federation. Some years ago, some of y'all may know a little bit about wrestling. For those, just listen just a little bit. Uh, Vicks McMahon was one of the most significant business owners of what he formed together as WWW, Worldwide Wrestling. Uh, he brought great talents uh, of entertainment for those who thought all of it was real. Well, we just let you know that uh, it was entertainment. And uh, he brought so many great talents to uh, the stage of wrestling, such as Hulk Hogan. Yeah, Hulk Hogan. He achieved so much uh, popularity. You probably remember him. You probably remember Roddy Piper. You remember Roddy Piper. Some of you, those, those who don't know what I'm talking about, Google will be your friend this morning. Uh-huh. Uh, things like, what about Jimmy Snooker? Jimmy Snooker, uh, the Iron Sheik, uh, Nicola Vokaloff, Junkyard Dog, Greg Valentine, Ricky Steamboat. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Maybe you remember the new generation. Y'all don't know about the new generation, Lord, where my people at Sean McMichael, Diesel, Razor. What about Bret Hart? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all didn't pay no attention to wrestling. I can see it all on your face. But they had this thing called WWW. And there was this man who was the announcer and he was very popular at getting things started, not just with wrestling, but with boxing. His name was Michael Buffer. Michael Buffer was the ring announcer. And this ring announcer, before each match, will come to the ring with the mic and he will tell us who we have a match up against. But his most popular phrase was, let's get ready to rumble. It would do something with the crowd. All the children uh, would shout and holler and scream. Little kids would be upon their dad's shoulders with their favorite wrestler, uh, 
painted on their face or how many of y'all had those figurines of Hulk Hogan uh, y'all don't know what I'm talking about but I'm going to talk to everybody in just a second, second but he will say this phrase let's get ready to rumble and it will awaken the crowd and people will go crazy and some of the wrestlers will come down the aisle from the back room where they were waiting for their time of their matchup and they will come out while people will be on the side of the aisle will cheering them on and they will come out making noise putting I can't hear you let's get ready to rumble I believe in this second chapter of Haggai God is trying to get us ready to rumble he's trying to introduce us to the WWW if you read with me and I'm reading from the message translation King James Version may read a little differently but in the first chapter it says on the first verse second chapter it says on the 21st day of the seventh month the word of God came to the prophet Haggai tell somebody you ain't missed nothing yet I know it's the 27th and things already happened on the 21st day, but tell somebody you ain't missed nothing yet. I know you're ready. You say, well, pastor reading about something that happened July 21st and it's July 27th. I want you to know things have already started, but you hadn't missed nothing yet. Tell somebody you hadn't missed nothing yet. The word of God came through the prophet Haggai. He said this, the prophet, God told the prophet, tell the governor of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and the high priest Joshua, tell, uh, tell them, the son of Jehozadak, and all the people, is there anyone here who saw the temple the way it used to be? All glorious. Is anybody here who can frame reference of what the temple used to be? And what do you see? How do you see it now? Not much, right? God first is used to first use the prophet to activate the people. God won't allow me to overlook this most important point of how to move with God. We need all the prophets to arise. We need the people who've been stirred by God to arise. Because when God is about to do something in the earth, in the church, in the region, even in the government, he reveals it to his prophets. Come on, he reveals it to his man and woman servant uh, who helps him keep the timeline of the kingdom in the earth and that's what the prophet does it makes sure that people who can easily go astray still know God's timeline when people get caught up in what they've been through and what happened here comes the prophet to remind you that God still has a word over your life how many ever met a prophet in the grocery store who never knew you but looked at you and told you God's got a blessing with your name on it have you ever been in a deep place a low place and God stirred somebody made a prophet or somebody walking in the prophetic they didn't know you but they looked at you and told you you was gonna be somebody have God ever used the prophetic to tell you where to go when you didn't know where to go all of a sudden have God ever used circumstances and events 
to prophesy to you the way it happened, when it happened, to tell you that he still got a word over your life. Have you ever been there when God had to ignite you because you were frustrated, you were sleepy, you were tired, you were aggravated, you was confused? However, has God ever awakened you through the prophet? Prophet, if you're a witness, say God's awakened me. This is what he does through this prophet Haggai. He says, Haggai, I need you to talk to every sphere of influence. I need you to go to the government and let the government know I'm still God. I got to pause a minute to wake up prophets a little bit because we're not going to make any ground in the things of God unless we have the prophetic word. And so he says, tell the government what I'm about to do. That's Zerubbabel, the governor. He said, don't only do that, but go to the household of God and get the priests, the one who goes and intercedes for the people of God. Go tell them what's about to happen and also go to the people, the citizens, and let them know, in other words, God is still sovereign, hear me clearly, over this mess. I know that may sound funny to you, but to them, it was a blessing to hear the prophet Haggai speak to them. Their temple had been ruined. They were frustrated that having to go fix it again. I don't know about you, but nobody likes to build something and be interrupted. Nobody likes to build something and see it torn down. Nobody likes to work on something and see what you put your sweat into not come to fruition. These people are tired. They're frustrated. They are not stunting building no temple anymore. They want to go do their own thing because they're frustrated with what had not worked. But the prophet said, God wants you to know in other words, I'm sovereign over the mess. I'm sovereign over what you frustrated about. I'm sovereign over what didn't work out in the time you thought it should work out. God comes to the prophet and said, look, I don't know how you see what used to be, but I want you to look at it again because it's going to be better than what you started with in the first place. God comes to say in the midst of what you're going through that what you thought was going to be good, I'm going to make it better. Somebody say better. So this prophet activates the people of God. We need the prophetic. It gives clarity in chaos. It gives instructions and lessons when we are at a loss. It gives hope so we'll know things are going to happen. He uses the prophet to waken us that we are in a time that he is rebuilding. Say God's rebuilding. Yeah, I don't want you to get confused about man. God is rebuilding. It may seem funny where God starts to rebuild, but God is rebuilding. And we are in the end times and God don't want us to be overwhelmed by what we go through. I say God don't want us to be overwhelmed about what we go through. We're in a very sensitive time where we've experienced loss, catastrophes like never before. Even just on last week, here we are again with another loss. Where they're working on the roof of a condo uh, right on the coast of the seas down in Miami on the coast and the whole building come, crumbles and collapse. We have calamity after calamity, but the word of the Lord says this, I'm going to teach you how to prosper and keep yourself together when everything's going crazy and I don't know about you we need an anointing that we can still stay focused while craziness is around us this is what the prophet comes to say God's about to do something with you that in the midst of craziness you're gonna do something spectacular tell somebody I'm one of the ones 
I'm one of the ones. And so God tells them in verse 4 uh, through 5, read with me. It says, so get to work. Zerubbabel, which is the governor, God is speaking. He says, get to work, Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Get to work, all you people, God is speaking. Yes, he says to them, yes, get to work, for I am with you. The God of the angel armies is speaking. Put into action the word I covenant with you. When you left out of Egypt, I'm living and breathing among you right now don't be timid and don't hold back here's our first w is called work everybody say work god's answer to their problems was to get back to work god says what happens when things fall apart is many times we get out of our function or position for life when things get chaotic in life the first thing we start vacating is the thing we're called to do and if you're not careful you will allow trouble to run you out of your blessed place if you're not careful you allow trouble to run you out of being a good mother and a good father and sometimes you lose wind doing the right thing when tragedy comes your way but God breathes back into their spirit that the answer to all you're dealing with is first to get back to work everybody say get to work he says get to work that's God's answer he says get back to work get back in position don't let this take you out of position don't let this thing take you out of posture don't let this thing take you out of your functioning because when you get in your posture let me say it another way when you get into gear ain't nothing can stop you what the enemy comes to fight you is with frustration oppression and depression but if you can ever stay in the gear Lord I feel the anointing if you can ever stay in the gear while you go through see that's the key many of us eject in trouble many of us quit in trouble some of us even start to, to, to quit church while you're going through pain let me tell you something that's a trick of the devil most of your breakthrough came through the vehicle of the church don't you listen to these rumors from everybody about the church this and the church ain't that you better stop listening to the wrong people who don't had a few bad experiences but the church universal is alive and the church universal is redemptive and the church ain't going nowhere they tried to get rid of the church in the early church and here we are thousands of years later still representing the church you can't kill the church you can't cancel culture the church you can't protest and shut down the church the church ain't going nowhere so tell all your friends who are negative about the church that the church ain't going nowhere God will clean us up before he get rid of us God will redeem us before he get rid of us God will switch to God before he get rid of us but the church ain't going nowhere why because we are the salt of the earth that means they will go before we do oh you ain't hear me it means they will go before we do because we're the ones keeping the earth we the salt we preserve we ain't going nowhere so i'll cue it all that rhetoric listening to people talk about the church ain't this and the church ain't that and this is what i always say if you're gonna say the church ain't this and the church ain't that then just talk about what your church ain't 
That's all I got to say about that. But if this church ain't this, ain't church ain't that, then God's going to clean us. God's going to redeem us. But we ain't shutting no doors. We ain't going to stop preaching the gospel. Ah, y'all don't hear me what I'm saying. See, one of the things that the enemy even gets us to is to quit God or thank or dang things because we go through trouble. But tell somebody, I'm going to stay in position. I'm going to stay in position. He says, get to work. The first W, get to work, get to work. I'm telling you, when Nehemiah came upon the scene and saw that the walls of Jerusalem were torn down, he looked and he was amazed how people can see tragedy and do nothing. He was amazed. He asked the king, let me go check on my people. The king said, you at least go check on your people. He went back to the walls of Jerusalem and he was amazed at the rubble and nobody did nothing. He was amazed. He began to weep and to cry and to stir within him. He got to do something about what he see. See, you ain't ready to go to the next level until you are ready to fight for what you're going through. See, many people want to be brought out of something they're not willing to fight for. Yes, they look at God and say, God, bring me out. God, bring me out. And God said, fight your way out. Fight for your destiny. Fight for your children. Hey, God, bring me out. God said, fight. I'll be with you if you fight. I'll be with you if you want. God, bring me. God said, I'll bring you out. But I need you to get to work. God's answer to the trouble was for them to get back into position and get to work. Nehemiah had to find out that this rubble could have been built back. They built it back, if you know the story of Nehemiah. They built back something that was in ruins for hundreds of years. They built it back in 52 days. Huh. You tell me that there are certain things still only going on in our lives because we're running away from work? Are you telling me the Bible said don't make it mad with me the Bible said when the people received a mind to work Oh, you know a little bit of Bible in Nehemiah It said the people had a mind to work and when they came together They start fighting against what was fighting against them. Y'all know the scripture They came to they came to uh, Nehemiah and they said Nehemiah come down to the valley of Ono and, and, and meet with us. He said, oh, no, I'm not going to know. Oh, no Why would you stop? what God is doing to go to a place called oh no oh no is the place of regret it's the place every time you stop doing what God told you to do you look up and all you can say is oh no oh no look where I am again oh no look what the what the devil done did oh no he says the matter of fact nearby say why should I stop a good work to come down and do a meeting with you in the valley why am I stopping the high place that God's trying you see some of y'all gotta stop accepting some of these invitations that people make them luxurious they look like they good but if it's a valley say no I can't do that if it's not taking me higher no I can't do that he said no I ain't coming down no oh no and what I'm telling you when you get in your position and you know the work let me add the sin there are certain warfares you don't have because you stop taking invitations to certain things you ain't called to and certain parts of your warfare end automatically let me say it this way uh, uh, he he didn't have to worry really about fighting Sam Ballot because he never went to the valley 
Can I tell you some of y'all to stop coming down when God lifted you up? And there are certain things you won't have to deal with if you stop coming down from the place that God has lifted you up with. There are certain warfares you won't have to deal with. See, Nehemiah would have done, if he would have came down, he would have lost time. He would have got distracted and he potentially could have lost the fight with Sambalat. It was tricking him. And some of us, some of our warfare is going to end when we learn to hold our guard and stay in position. Some of us get so easily deceived by other things. We got to learn to stand still. We got to learn to stop being fickle and weak in our positioning. I'm just, I'm just helping you. Don't get offended. You got to stop, stop being weak in your positioning with the enemy. And you got to tell the enemy, you got me once, you got me twice okay you got me five times but you're not getting me a six somewhere you gotta draw a line come on I'm a human I'm vulnerable I've been there but somewhere you got to stop saying I'm gonna stop falling to the same trick oh, come on now I'm gonna stop falling to the same device I'm gonna stop falling to the same temptations and his answer was them to get back to work what is work work is willing means you have a willingness it means you're organized it means you are relentless relentless it means you are connected with a k that k that's willingness w willingness o organized r relentless and k connected k-i-n it means you're no longer with people you are not in agreement with some of y'all been selling for circles where y'all got nothing in common you ain't kin none you ain't kindred spirits you walking with people trying to get places and there are no kindred spirit you're, con you're not connected but it's time to be connected to people who understand your destiny just like when Mary walked into the house of Elizabeth they were already cousins through blood that connected them but when she walked in the room Elizabeth and she walked in and saluted Mary John leaped in her belly and she was filled with the Holy Ghost see there's an explosion of manifestation when you start getting connected to the right people uh, tell somebody it's just about work it's just about work maybe work means worship outreach reconciliation and need mean get on your knees time to pray maybe that's what work means but work was the answer to getting back in position yeah thank you hallelujah thank you I'm looking for my, my towel and I already had it Thank you, sir. Uh, but work is the answer. Verse 6, come on, let's follow me. This is what God of the angel army said. Before you know it, I will shake up the sky. Listen to God. I'm going to shake up the sky and the earth, the ocean and the fields. In other words, I'm going to shake all of them. The sky, the earth, the ocean, and the fields. Every part of the world, I'm going to shake it. I will shake down all the godless nations. They'll bring bushels of wealth, and I will fill this temple with splendor. The God of the angel armies said so. He ain't finished yet. This is what the Lord said to the prophet. I own. I don't just give you silver. I own silver. I don't just give you gold, I own gold. Decree the God angels, God of the angel armies. See, one of the things God's trying to connect here is get your wealth. Say, get your wealth. First get to work, but now get your wealth. Now he tries to connect work to wealth. 
He says, first, if you get to work, then I'll give you your wealth. But I got to get you to work. I got to get you to work so you can get to your wealth. And he, he bonds a relationship between work and wealth. And he says it in such a way that your input is not going to be the thing that bring it all to pass. So let me break it down just a little bit for some of us who are still struggling on how God works. We were still struggling on how God does math and how God calculates. God says in one scripture that uh, you can chase one chase a thousand but two can chase 10,000. What God is really trying to show us is that when we give him his our little, he'll come in and make our little much. That's what God, he tries to teach us that even in a very story that we tried to make a parable for the kids. The two fish and the five loaves. Same story, but don't miss it. You could not get the miracle of getting fed if nobody ever provided the two fish and the five loaves. Don't miss it. We get so excited about a miracle working God that can feed 5,000 that we miss what is our two fish and five loaves you got to learn to bring your two fish and five loaves to the situation which well pastor I'm embarrassed by my two fish and five loaves it don't meet the situation it don't feel like it can feed 5,000 I don't feel like my prayer life can run this demon out of my child I don't feel like my income or my or my education is good enough for a salary like this. God said, your problem is you're not trusting in me, you're trusting in you. All I told you is to bring your two fish and your five loaves to me. And when you learn to bring what you have, I'll bless what you have. That's what he did. Y'all know the story? Come on, you know your Bible. It said they gave the two fish and five loaves to Jesus. Jesus just didn't take it and feed the people he took what they gave him and the first thing he did is thank the Lord until you become thankful for your two fish until you become thankful for your little bit of strength my little bit of this my little bit of that but some of us are so negative about our little bit God can't use it but if you ever put your little bit to put your little bit in God's hands he takes the two fish. See, some of us take our two fish and we, we, we don't do nothing with it. I got to work this. There was a woman going to die rich because she didn't know she was rich. There was a woman going to let her sons get taken by the creditors and she didn't know she was rich. She was blinded by her gift. When the prophet came to her and she told the prophet her problem, I'm in the book of Kings, told the prophet her problem, told the prophet, uh, my, my son, my, my, my husband has died and the creditor has come to take my two children because I owed him a debt. And you know my servant was, a, my husband was a great servant and now he's died and the creditor's come to take my two kids. And all she could say, and the first thing he just asked her one question, what do you have in your house? He didn't, tell her to, he didn't tell her yet to go to nobody else's house. He, he didn't tell her to go nowhere else. See, we start looking deliverance from outside of us, but deliverance is still in you. You keep looking for a way out outside of you, but there is just, I tell somebody, I know what deliverance is. It's in my house. My spirit, my mind. A 
what it comes to show you is the devil didn't take everything from you the devil didn't rob everything from you the devil didn't raid everything from you God's goodness is always to leave you with a little bit of something less he said what's in your house what you still have let me listen because sometimes it's time to work your wealth we're too focused on what we don't have I'm going to keep preaching this principle until wealth show up on you we're too focused about everything God everything the devil took versus what God preserved We're still talking about you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I've been through. And that's all true. And you got to be careful these days because people are real sensitive when you don't honor what they've been through. So I'm, I, as a pastor, I've had to learn even more to honor what people have been through because you can't really get to them that next place until you can honor what they've been through. But after we talk about what you've been through, I want to know what you still got left. Because he asked this woman, I'm going to work it a little bit. He said, what do you have in your house? Huh? What I have? What? You, what the, you mean what I'm asking for is connected to what I have? What do you have in your house? She says, listen what she says. She says, she says, I don't have nothing. You can hear her attitude in her response. I don't have anything except a pot of oil. In other words, I'm so broke. All I got is a pot of oil in the house. He said, oh, that's all you got in the house? He said, oh, that pot of oil is your business. That pot of oil is your well. That pot of oil is your well. Your only problem is you don't know how to work your wealth. You don't know how to work your wealth. You got the wealth. It's in your house. But your problem is you don't have prophetic revelation. In other words, your wealth is dormant. See, God's goodness. Jesus God's goodness is that he's already put the wealth in you God's goodness is you ain't got to be oppressed brother you ain't got to be manipulated you ain't got nobody else to seduce you you ain't got nobody else to make you feel bad about your destiny God will connect people for your destiny but guess what the first light of destiny starts within me what it means is I don't need you to jump start me for me to be wealthy for me to be blessed let me talk about this because too many people are too hung up with who they need to get to where they gotta go and so they're too busy trying to, to like the best people on Facebook they're too busy excuse me y'all trying to be like the Kardashians who make money doing nothing and they're too busy trying to be like somebody else because they think they got to meet somebody else to be blessed but the truth of the matter is here we go the day you meet yourself the day you find out what's in your house the day you find out what you still got left the day you find out that God deposited in you then the people will come then the people will come to you CCC let me slow down here y'all know I'm a teacher preacher I gotta slow down let me slow down let me slow down cause see when you start meeting people and don't know who you are you always gonna be broken. You always gonna be hurt. They did this to me. 
They did this to me. I'm about to come on and throw a curry ball. You're about to hang with me. You're about to hang with me. But when you start knowing who you are, you also start knowing who you are not. And there are certain people, while we believe in God for their deliverance, no, I ain't hanging out with you. No, I ain't going to lunch with you. No, I ain't revealing my secrets to you. No, I ain't telling you what's going on with my business. I know I'm not. Why? Because I know myself. And in knowing myself, I already know I can't trust you at that level yet. I'm praying for you. I believe God's going to help you. But can we go out? No, we can't. Can we go to lunch? No, we can't. Can we do this? No, we can't. And some of y'all still afraid to use the word no. But I'm going to say it about a thousand times today so you can get it in your spirit. No, 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 no. You better learn to say no. You better tell them, no, I'm on my way somewhere and I know who I am. This prophet awakens her because she ain't never going to be able to work her wealth if she don't know what she got. He said, you ain't got nothing. I'm going to skip one. Y'all know me. I'm going to have to go through the alley today. I got too much, too much on this paper. I'm going to jump the fence. I grew up in the hood. We jumped the fence. Run through the alley. We get to where we got to go. I can't go around the block today. I'm going to cut through the alley. He says, look, the prophet said, look, what's in your house? In other words, she said a pot of oil. The prophet said, no. That's a business. Huh? No, that's a business. She said, I don't know what to do with it. She said, listen. He said, now go borrow. Now listen to this. I love this stuff. This ain't even on the notes, but it's so good. He said, I'm going to teach you how to borrow and get the upper hand. He said, go borrow empty vessels. They're not yours, but go borrow. Go borrow. He said, go borrow. And when I get these vessels, I want you to take the thing I gifted you with and pour it into these vessels. And then every time you get it, go to all the neighbors. And, and he said, oh, I'm already into something. Lord, help me. He says, I'm going to teach you how to work your wealth. That ain't just about you. It start moving into the generations. I'm in the scripture still. Stay with me. He said, now go get your kids. Get the, get, get the ones huh, that the devil trying to take ones that the creditor is trying to come take. Go get them and put them in the work. I know Pastor Robin like this kind of stuff. She always talking. Ah, put them in the work. Get them to work. Don't let the children sit there and not be engaged. Don't let the children sit there and not function in their level of capacity. He said don't sit there and be worried. Get those children and teach them how to make it through hard times. Teach those children how to use their faith and their skill. Tell them to go borrow. Oh, Lord, help me. Help me. Help me, Jesus. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to know that I'm going to be able to finish today. I'm going to pick it up later. He says, listen. I'm going to break it down. Teach them the skill of customer service and communication. Teach them how to knock on doors. I'm slowing it down. Present themselves presentable so they'll be worthy of a borrow. Teach them how to represent you when they leave the house. Oh, 
We're talking about generational wealth. We're talking about working the wealth. He said, don't, don't, don't let them sit there on the couch and just play video games, get them to working. And he says, when you get them to working, he says, tell them to go borrow and work that thing and say, um, yeah, I'm Lucy's kid from down the street. My mama said, if you don't mind if we borrow some vessels for oil. Oh, I got some, no, no, I got some full vessel. No, I need empty. We need empty. You got anything empty? Oh, yeah, we got them over there. We got them over there to the side. We were just about to throw them away. Because some things that people about to throw away is going to be your blessing. No, 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 no. People say, oh, we got them. We were just waiting for the garbage man to come. And we were just waiting. He said, no, no, you, let, can we borrow the, oh, sure. How many you need? Oh, how they give them all of them? All right, we got them. Go and get them all. They're on the back porch. And then they keep borrowing these empty vessels. And, she, and the prophet said, now let me teach you what to do, how to work your wealth. Number one, don't necessarily tell everybody your recipe. Let them see results, but don't tell everybody your recipe. Some of y'all get so excited about a little bit of money, you just go tell everybody. You, know? you get excited about $2.50 in the bank, you go tell everybody. Some things you got to keep secret and keep quiet. You can't let everybody know every success strategy. Come on. Some of us get so excited, the next thing you know, somebody done took it and used it. And you can't get mad because they done took it. They took it because you told it. Come on now. They took it because you gave it. Don't get mad. And then you want to talk about haters and be people betrayed. They betray you gave them that stuff. He said, Borrow these vessels, bring them in your house. And when you put it in, go in the closet. He said, Go in the closet and pour out from where your oil is, pour into the empty places. Take your gift and stop trying to occupy filled stuff. God's trying to open some of your mind on what you can do with your gift. He says, pour the oil into the empty vessel, and as you pour the oil in the empty vessel, now take the oil with their borrowed vessel. Listen to this. Their borrowed vessel, take the oil and go sell it. He, he showed her, she worked the wealth, she actually had a oil selling business. Now she's selling oil with somebody else's vessels. And after she sells the oil, she pays off the creditors. She basically gave the people who thought was trash back their empty. She gave it back just like, oh God. Y'all, boy, I'm preaching better than y'all understand. She gave the borrowed vessels back just like she gave it. She came in there and said, basically, I done made my money, but here you go. This is what you gave me. I'm giving you back what you gave me. She gave it right back to them just the way, just the way she got it back from them. Minus the oil. Why? Because the oil came from her. Sold the oil. And then he said, she said, I am paid all my debts. Now what I'm going to do with the rest? He said, and live off the rest. He said, I got all left. What I'm going to do with this all live off of it? Don't you die. Wait a minute. That means the next time you get in trouble, live. The next time you face with trouble, live. The next time the devil come knocking on your door and talk about what he going to do, reach back in your oil and tell him I got something to live off of. Tell him I got something to survive off of. I got something to conquer you off of. Tell somebody live off the oil. Live off the oil. Clap your hands. I got one more point. Somebody say, work your well. Say, work your well. Work your well. 
God said, I want my, and then he said, God said, all is mine. I own the civil. And I had, a, I'm trying to lose some folks. Pastor already, already said, and I, I'm not going to make a shameless plug. I'm serious about this. God's been teaching me to call for the tithe. And this is, and I've been learning to do it. First, I didn't do it. Many times we talk about tithe and offering. We know we always try to put the inspirational spin on it. Because the Bible says God loves a what? Cheerful giver. Meaning you can't get nobody to really be giving and they ain't happy. Right? But I ain't trying to trick you into giving. Sooner or later, people got to learn giving works. People think, <laughs> let me tell you something. I've even loosed myself from tithing to get money. Some people are still tithing to get money. And I'm going to pray for you today right now. Because I'm loosed from tithing to get money. I tithe to get everything. Because <laughs> sometimes I don't need no money. I need peace. And I need it right now. I don't need it in two weeks. I don't need no delayed peace. Sometimes I need victory and I don't need it in a month. I need it right then. But you can't get it when the window not open. But the tithe and the offering keep the window open. And it's not about just money coming in my life. Sometimes I need victory right now. I don't need it in two weeks. I need the tithe to keep my windows open. I'm just tired for no money. Sometimes the tithe is protection. Sometimes the tithe is protection. My dad gives a story about he went to a service and the man of God had stirred him to give a seed. And my dad was sowing the seed for some money. And he said, he walked out there believing God for some money. On the next week, my younger brother was traveling to a music gig with a friend and they had a car accident. And it's very unfortunate that the other passenger passed away. Our hearts went to the family, but God revealed it to him that even his seed preserved his seed. I, God, 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 my dad called me with all excitement. He said, Junior, that's what I'm named that. He said, Junior, I gave believing God for, believing God for finances. He said, but I'm so glad I don't need no finances to bury my son. See, when you get delivered, everything ain't just about money. My wealth is bigger than money. I got access to pr protection. I got access to peace. I got access to joy. My, ass my assets is more than money. And when you only tithing because you are, are short on money, the devil box you in. Because the only thing you feel is need money. I'm holding money because I need money. Yeah. <laughs> I'm holding money because I need money. And when you get delivered and start releasing the tithe and the offering, you understand you don't always need money. You need favor. Uh, you need favor and favor will bring money <laughs> but sometimes you are locked out of favor know why because you show up with an up to the interview looking like you're struggling and most people don't are not attracted to struggling looking people 
that's why even if you are struggling you about to brush your hair you about to take those five dollars and get you a haircut you about to shave like you ain't been through nothing you about to go in and wear your best suit like you ain't just filed bankrupt because ain't nobody gonna hire somebody who looking like they can't do nothing for them Walking there like I ain't never been broke. I ain't never struggled. You need to even walk in there like you ain't even get fired from your last job. I ain't never been fired. Walking there like you ain't never been fired. Like you ain't never been. If you have been, you might have to tell it in an interview. But at least walking there like you ain't never been. You got to walk in that anointing. And I'm telling you, many times God has to do this for us so we can work our well. Say work our well. Got too much here. I got to go. I got to go. Your whole destiny is tied to how you work your gift. When you start working your gift, you're working the wealth. And God says, look, I own all this stuff. I want to I relieve you from all your pressure about gold and silver and finances and wealth. When I, t- when I started the church, what God says to me? He said, I'm going to open you up to my unlimited resources. I said, huh? He said, what? He said, you ain't going to struggle for no members. Get delivered. I said, you ain't going to struggle for no members. He said, what's wrong with you? You been eating from the wrong table. You ain't going to struggle for no members. Get delivered. He said, I got people all over the world. I got people waiting to hear you preach. I got people waiting to see you, your heart, and wait to pass. What's wrong with you? Get delivered. Stop entering into something with the mindset that you're going to struggle and lose. He said, get delivered. What's wrong with you? He said, I got people everywhere. He said, God told me that. And God said, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you something. He said, if you learn to have faith and trust me. He said, and I, and I still got the testimony to today. To today. I still got the testimony. And it, it's mine. I don't know what going on in everybody else's life. But in my, my life with starting this church, I ain't never paid a bill for this church. Never. I ain't never paid a bill. Never had to pay a bill. We paid for the first little deposit when we started at the Madugo house to rent it and stuff like that. That's when we first started. We paid that for the people to come for the first couple months. But that's just, but we, but they was giving. We never had to pay a bill. And I'm telling you, well, you get into into a whole nother level of faith, another level of exchange with God, where you start seeing how good God is and how wonderful. Oh, somebody gonna get this today. Somebody gonna get ready to rumble. You start seeing how God worked for your life. God said you ain't got to enter in like that. See, when you're in the right place. And this is what he's trying to say. When you get into the right place and function where I told you to function, I pay bills. He said, I pay bills. I own gold. I own silver. In other words, he's trying to say, I pay my bill. In other words, they say, if it's my will, I'll pay the bill. Meaning if you get into work in the place I told you to be, I'll pay the bill. I own stuff. He said, I'm a, ah, God, yeah, I got to slow down. He said, I'm an owner. He said, I own stuff. I, I don't want you to think it ain't mine. It's mine. He said, I own it. In the scripture, he said, I'll go to the godless nation and take it from them. Why? Because it's mine. I'll take it from them and I'll give it to who I want to give it to. Why? Because it's mine. He says, I own these type of things. My last point. My last point is get your healing. But I want to pray, what I want to use the word is, get your wholeness. This I found strange in the midst of everything I was studying, and I'm starting something to go into next week. God says, I got to get you to talk about wholeness to these people. Go to verse 9. I'm going home after this. Verse 9. said, this temple is going to end up Far better than it started out. I'm reading from the message. It's going to start. It's going to end up better. Say, I'm going to end up. <laughs> to somebody prophesy, right? I'm going to end up 
better than I started out. Oh my shy. Oh shot Oh my, this is why I say I'm going to end up better than I started out. Come on. Oh, if I work my gift with God, if I learn how to work my wealth, if I learn how to stay in my function, I'm going to end up better than I started out. I love to always say, you're going to look at me and not be able to tell what I've been through. The only way you're going to know what I've been through, you have to go to lunch with me and I'm going to have to tell it because poverty ain't going to be on me. Struggle ain't going to be on me. Being kicked out, being kicked out before, but it ain't going to be on me. You can never look at me and tell where I've been why because God didn't just bring me out of it he brought it out of me oh, you ain't hear me oh, he didn't just bring me out of it but he put whatever was he took whatever was in me out of me here we go tell somebody end up far better say far better oh God here it is here it is I gotta go a glorious beginning but even more glorious finish this is how this message translation reads here it is, I want you to hear it. A place in which I will hand out wholeness and holiness. Watch this. While the word of God here use wholeness and holiness, the truth of the matter is they're interconnected. Many times the church have lost people, especially the holiness church. Some of y'all don't know nothing about the holiness church. And I can tell you don't know nothing about the holiness church. Because all these colors you got on here today, y'all ain't no white and no black. Some of y'all got on blue. And forget if the ones the ones on red, oh, you'd have been going to hell. Because red mean the devil. And I don't know how the red mean the devil when the blood is red. Now, how, how red got to mean the devil and the blood is red? My goodness. When you talk about selective theology, the holiness movement or the holiness church lost a lot of people and people were not attracted to the holiness movement. The only people that was firstly attracted to the holiness movement, even though God is holy, is people who had already tried everything. And they came to him just as they was, weary, wounded, and sad. And they found in him all scripture. But many people was broken into holiness. Meaning they had drunk themselves to a drunken stupor, meaning they had parted themselves out, they had took enough heroin and crack cocaine, and the devil had robbed them of life, robbed them of years, had taken away all their good teeth, took away their smile, they had lost their children, and now they know I can't live for the devil anymore, and I will live holy. And many people were birthed into holiness through brokenness. But it didn't work for the ones who had money. It wasn't attractive. The message, the message alone wasn't attractive for those who had money, those who had influence, those who knew some things of the world and knew that we could participate righteously in the wonders of the world. Like my dad grew up in holiness and he always, uh, they didn't even read right. I mean, it's something that sometimes your fundamental beliefs about God can cause you to read the scripture wrong. The Bible says, marvel not. And because my dad grew up in holiness, they couldn't read it. They thought it meant marble knot. No, no, it's a V there instead of B. Don't ask me how they got it. But they did, and they would not play marbles. They would not play the game. I'm serious. They would not. They, would, they, they focused on what they could not do. And it's hard to come into holiness focusing on what you cannot do. 
because God is more than what you cannot do. Well, you got another scripture in Philippians that said, I can do all things. Wait a minute. How can I do all things? And all things I focus on is what I cannot do. And there was a whole people caught up in a quandary on how do I live holy when I'm focused on what I cannot do. And see, people who wasn't attractive to a God that you couldn't have fun with. And it was very contradictory because now we're talking about he owns a cattle on a thousand hills, but I can't go up the hill. <laughs> he owns the oceans, but I bet I can't go to the beach. And we focus on what we could not do. And there's this thing of what we called holiness uh, seemed like it was unattractive. But the truth of the matter is they are a byproduct of each other. Each other. What holiness actually means is you are whole. It means you are whole. And so we focus on holiness with the word H. But God says, no, I'm trying to also get you to the place of W-H-O-L-E, whole. And there are many of us can't experience the WWW because we are broken. And, and, and people who are broken can't live holy. Ah. I'm going to parallel it. It's going to help you. The woman that I just talked about in the book of Kings who could not walk in her gift of business could not do so because she was broken. She was broken. She didn't see nothing can good can come out of losing her husband and her sons being taken by the creditor. She was overwhelmed by frustration, depression, and she was not whole. The word came to tell her that God is sovereign over the mess. The word came to tell her that God is working through your loss. And many times what happens to us is that we are broken by what we went through. And you can't live holy when you're broken. Oh, yeah. Oh, let me bring it home. See, again, when you feel good about yourself, you're not home on your timeline throwing shady remarks on your timeline about who didn't invite you to lunch. Know why? Because you feel so good about yourself, you take yourself out to lunch. You open up your own calendar and say, I'm booked Monday at noon. And you're not fussing about who didn't invite you to the party. You're not fussing about this and you're not fussing about that. Why? Because you start feeling good about yourself. Why? Because you're not walking in wholeness. See, a person who's broken will connect with broken people. You're never going to live holy until you become whole. You're going to always mess up the will of God until the will of God get corrected in you. So many times we have tried to make people, uh, oh, push people from the wrong end. We're trying to make them live holy rather than healing them. We're trying, and Jesus spent most of his ministry healing people. What we do is we expect people who are broken to produce great things. And what's happening in this world is this world is telling us that we cannot keep ignoring people's brokenness. There are gifted people who need to be healed. There are people who are here to preserve us and bring great ideas and creativity in our world, but they need to be made whole. And I'm trying to get us to shift, not, not that we vacate holiness, but we go through the vehicle of wholeness. He said, I'm going to make this place a place of wholeness and holiness. That's why you got to live right. But the way you get to living right is you start getting living right inside you. See, living right happens first on the inside. There are many people who struggle even with the theology of holiness and living right. <laughs> and so they believe in righteousness, but they don't believe in holiness. 
They believe in, let me break it down. They believe in righteousness, but don't believe in holiness. Righteousness is what Jesus did on the cross. He shed the blood, paid for our sins, and because we accept the blood for our ransom for our sins, we have been made right with God. That's righteousness. But holiness is what we give God through behavior, conduct, and attitude. So righteousness is what God gives us through his son. But holiness is what we give God. Meaning, God, I love you so much, I'm going to please you. That's holiness. God, I love you so much, I'm going to do what you say. That's holiness. Some people only focus on righteousness. What Jesus paid on the cross, yeah, that's righteousness. But sooner or later, after accepting the righteousness, you got to grow into holiness. You got to grow into holiness. And so many people struggle with this kind of stuff. Like It's the same, and, and the people who struggle with righteousness and holiness are the same type of people uh, who struggle with forgiveness and deliverance. Now, no, 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 there's two separate things. You can be forgiven and be undelivered. Meaning, he forgave you of your sins, but you're going to do it again. And because that blood was shed, you can pick that blood up and wash yourself all clean again. But how many know it takes a lot of work to get clean all over again for the same thing over and over again? Uh, I need some habitual followers that say amen with me. I need some people who understand that it takes a lot of work to be slipping and dipping and getting back right again and all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, he'll clean you up. I'm a witness. He'll clean you up, but I ask God for something different, sir. I ask God for something different one day. I say, God, I want more than forgiveness. I want deliverance. I don't want to go back to it anymore. I don't want to keep doing what I've done anymore. Anymore. I know you're good for forgiveness and I thank you for forgiveness but I don't want to be here anymore I don't want to behave this way anymore give me more someone say more than forgiveness there's a church stuck on just forgiveness but those who gonna function at the next level move into deliverance Don't just be forgiven you can keep forgiving me and I keep going back but deliver me. All right, let me since, since y'all don't, some of y'all don't think for, that struggle is bad. Let me give you just a natural uh, analogy. It's like taking the first grade test and flunking it all the time, and and, and you say, "All right, you don't flunk first grade five times, um, but we're gonna let you back in." Oh, thank God! Hey. Thank you, Holy Ghost. So glad to be back in first grade. What? I've been forgiven. I've been forgiven. Thank God I'm back in here. Come to take the test again. To get out of this first grade. Flunk again. Please, can I get back in first grade? Yes, you can. You're forgiven. Hey, glory to God. I'm forgiven. Oh, my God. And then you can talk about first grade like an expert. You can't talk about second because you've never been there. But you can talk about first grade. Somebody's like, oh, I can tell you about first grade. Oh, my God. I can tell you about first grade. How to put them things together. Oh, how to add them compound words. Oh, I can tell you about first grade. Matter of fact, come in my house. See all these trophies, these trophies. First grade trophies. Oh, I'm somebody in first grade. 
But when you're ready to grow and move into destiny, you stop mastering in first grade. You say, God, get me out of this thing. There's more for me to learn. It's time for me to walk on my own two feet. It's time for me to execute who I am in the spirit. I don't want to just be forgiven all the time. I thank God for forgiveness and I thank God that the blood is there should I fall. But how many know you can't get where you gotta go? Keep falling all the time. You can't get where you gotta go. Being messed up all the time. You can't get where you gotta go. Being in the same sins all the time. But I want to move into wholeness to holiness. I want to get healed so I ain't gotta act out anymore. I want to get delivered so I ain't gotta act foolish anymore. Husbands, that's all that wife wants. She just wants you delivered. Wife, wife, that's all that husband wants. He just wants you delivered. Ain't nobody want to be in a relationship with you being forgiven all the time of the same stuff. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing. I'm, I'm about to go. I'm going to go. We're going to eat chicken in a second. We're going to go. But nobody want to live in a state of constant forgiveness. Come home and cuss your wife out. Baby, forgive me. Baby, forgive me. And now you major in apologies. Oh, you're good at them. Oh, she's going to forgive me now. Oh, yeah, I'm going to give her that ring she won't. And that's when you know you broke because you major in forgiveness. Or you major in apologies. And baby, man, I'm sorry. Maybe you know how it is. When I'm working hard and they bother me on this job. You know, how, you know I'm so sorry, baby. I should have took it out on you and the kids. Please forgive me. Kids, I'm so sorry. Daddy's so sorry. Daddy, I'm so, so many stress. And the kids were like, okay, daddy, we love you. We love you. They forgive you. Two months later, you come on cussing, fussing everybody outside again. Wait a minute. We love you for a whole bunch of times to forgive you, but we got you to get you to change this behavior. See, this is what I'm trying to get y'all to understand. Uh, uh, constant forgiveness will break relationships. Yes, it will. I ain't saying nothing. Constant, constant forgiveness will start tearing, deteriorating relationships. When are you going to start holding up your part of the bargain? When are you going to be able to start getting the strength to be everything you can be? Come on, when are you going to stop being the person that we know you can be? We saw the potential in you. We saw the potential in you. Now we need to see the potential come out of you. We need to see you be everything we saw in you. Come on, I know, ah, y'all ain't saying nothing. I know when we first got married. Uh, come on, many years ago, me and Pastor Robin, I didn't have no money but how many people want to be married to a man and after 25 years you're still broke next year we celebrate 25 years I can't be the same man that I was when I got married back then come on the devil is a lie I have to grow out of that stuff and grow into another man that woman ain't putting up with me coming home talking about I'm still broke she want a man that can go somewhere and produce and articulate and function. Come on, the years are passing, but some of us are not getting older and mature in our spirit. The years are passing, and some of us are not moving into our wholeness. And I gotta push you into wholeness. I gotta go, I'm about to go home for real. I gotta push you into wholeness and the holiness. This is WWW. First is your work, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna end it. I'll come back, it's one of the things I got the privilege of doing. Is I'm not like an evangelist. He flew in from California this morning, came in with the alligator shoes, and he got to go. At the service, I got the privilege I'll be here next Sunday. Get to work. You want God to rumble? I'm done. Get to work.
We hope you've been blessed by this fresh word from Truth Gatherer's Dream Center Church. Pastor Joseph Davis and the congregation invite you to join them. You can find more information by following them on social media. Just look up Truth Gatherer's Dream Center Church. And we pray that God will bless you richly and abundantly in the coming days, knowing that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him.